Thank you very much. As Paula said, uh, these leaflets are very, very important. And uh, we've just changed the format slightly. The vision and the values are exactly the same. We're going to be running with this vision, actually, for a number of years as we move forward. And anyone that's read this, and they're at the back as well, and want you to take these leaflets, read through the visions. And the, and the vision is also supported by the values that we carry as a church. So today is Vision Sunday, the first of two, and we're going to be, as I said on the screen, highlighting the knowing part in a minute or two. But you know, vision is very, very important. What we see is vitally important. Just as in the physical, you know, uh, seeing is important, and it's important that we see clearly. And uh, so I was invited uh, to, to go and look around, you know, and try a few ophthalmic uh, adventures. And um, uh, I have to wear glasses because I, I don't know, you, you that are getting a little bit older, things change, right? and uh, eyesight can sometimes change. I've had these for some time actually, and they're very useful, and I'll tell you why. They're very useful so that I can see cars. So I wear these for, for driving. It's also useful occasionally to put them on to see people in the balcony as well. That's a blessing as well. And so, uh, you know, long sight's an important thing. But this last time that I went, I found out that actually the area of clarity for reading was a little bit in want as well. And so they gave me these. I don't know if any of you got bifocals. I'm not, yes, some of you have got bifocals. It just make me dizzy. So uh, this is for reading. But of course, when you put on reading, I, I, can, I can see ever so clearly here, but I can't see a thing out here. And Hence, this is a very simple illustration of the importance, as you get older, of, of getting clarity of sight. And usually there are two things that happen, aren't there, when you go and you have those tests. They're, they're a bit intrusive, aren't they? You know, when you sat there and, and you, you put your head on the, the screen and then this person gets really close into your space. Anyone that doesn't like people getting into their space, don't go and have your eyes tested. The other strange thing, of course, is when they pump the air into your eyes, which is a very strange sensation, isn't it? And uh, you're thinking, will I blink? Well, it, it's so fast, you, you, they normally get it right. So short-sightedness and long-sightedness is a thing when we're talking about 2020 vision. And it's interesting, we've just used this little illustration. There's a, a thing known as the Snellen chart, which is when you go and have your eyes tested, you have to be 20 feet away from the chart, and you've got real problems if you can't read the E at the top. But um, 2020 has to do with the distance that you can see certain letters at, and so 2020 vision is as perfect as you can get. But obviously the top figure has to do with uh, the distance from the chart, and then the bottom figure refers to the distance at which a person with ideal vision can see letters clearly. And so uh, you can uh, read a certain length uh, down. You go down and you can read. And I guess there's nobody here can read the bottom line, but 2020 vision is where you can see clearly and distance. Oh, you can on this one. I, even I can see that. 
I can't now, actually. But at the bottom there, we've got knowing, growing, and going. So in terms of the, the seeing, two things are very important, I think. It's very important to see distance, but it's also important that we have clarity close up. And some people, of course, have problems with reading. Other people have problems with driving. And I, I want to suggest that just as in the natural, it's a great illustration sometimes of how we operate in the spiritual because when we're talking about vision, some people kind of get the bigger picture stuff and the distant stuff. Other people like detail and they like to be able to get close up to things and close up to people. That's why in the church here we believe in team ministry because there will be those, sometimes we think of the prophets who can see into the future or they can see into the distant. Often apostolic ministry looks beyond, it looks out, it looks to the edges of things. Whereas pastoral and teaching ministry often looks more at detail and the close up and getting close to people. And therefore, spiritually speaking, you know, Ephesians chapter 4 is very, very important and it talks about the ministry gifts that have been given to the church, ministry people if you like, to equip the church for works of service. In other words, there are different gifts, some of them see distance, some of them see closer up, but Together, there's this balanced picture. This is, I believe, what God wants across churches is that we get a vision that is able to see outward but is also uh, able to see close up and is able to get into the word. And to get balance across the church, God has set in the church, the Bible says, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers to equip us so that we can go out into the world and we can make a difference as we follow Christ. And so the church needs to be able to see forward, but it also needs uh, to be accurate and clear. And so as we've put this vision together, and the vision is supported by the values, what we want to do at the beginning of this year is just set a bit of clarity with with this year particularly and the things that we want to do. When we bring this to the practical application at the end of my little talk, we've got quite a lot of stuff that we want to communicate with you that are changes to the structure and the way that we are doing things at present. Remember this, the vision doesn't change. We believe God's given us that for a long-term commitment. The values remain but the style and the shifts that sometimes need to take place, the, the close-up stuff, if you like, sometimes we need to readdress them so that we are, if you like, more effectively served as a church. The other thing I want to say is that sometimes when we are gathered here, we don't always understand that there are other locations in other parts around, uh, obviously, Highcombe today. They are in their sixth year. They've got a birthday celebration and straight after this meeting, Irene and I will be going to Highcombe. And just to show you that this planting that we've been doing of locations really works in terms of church growth, because six years ago we planted around about 70 people, went from here and went to Highcombe and they've been going for six years. 
And I was chatting to Dan last night and he is saying that for the birthday celebration today, he's estimating there'll be over 300 that will gather. Uh, I think they've got a hog roast. I mean, Dan always has to do something a little bit out of the box. And, uh, and there'll be over 300 that gather. And regularly, well over 200 people gather in Highcombe every week. And we want to keep pushing out this vision. So I hope that uh, those that have been with us for some time will know the three words. Knowing, our desire is that everybody who's connected to Alive has a knowledge of Christ, that has a personal relationship with Jesus. Knowing, growing, that all of us are on a journey of growing in our faith. That's often called discipleship. We'll look at what that means in a minute or two, but we're growing, we're getting closer to knowing uh, God and as we walk with Jesus, the aim is we become more like him. And then the third word, going, we don't want things just to be locked up in services or in just our lives, we want this good news message to go out. And everything that we want to do uh, in the future has mission at its heart. Uh, as we plant out, we don't just want to shift people to other locations. We want to actually reach out to the neighborhoods and to people that yet have no faith and to make an influence in other areas. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that in a minute or two. So we're going to look at knowing uh, this morning and just two very important things. We're going to focus over the two weeks on six priorities from our vision statement and we're going to look uh, at the knowing part this morning. And so um, the beginning of the year, let's all get it into our understanding. It's great to get hold of that vision statement take it with you. I carry it all the time uh, in my Bible, at the back of the Bible, get it out regularly, read it. This is what, as, a, as a, a group of locations, we're being called to. And remember the three words, knowing, growing, and going. So with regard to the knowing part, I want today just to highlight two things from our statement that I think are very important in the knowing part. And the first of these, as I mentioned in the video, is I want us this morning to focus on multi-ethnic or inclusivity. We want more and more to be an expression of the kingdom. And we believe that uh, God has a purpose and a plan that there is something very wonderful modeled through the church that you don't get in normal society. You know, very often we're into individualism, doing things our way. And church was never intended to be a club, it's a body. And within that body, all those that Jesus brings into his family, we want uh, here at Alive and in all of our locations to be open for everyone that God sends to us. And sometimes we will give a tick of assent to ethnicity. Yes, we want all kinds of nations and people together, but sometimes, because there are cultural issues and because we may think differently, do things a little bit differently, we can tend to have our prejudices, and so we just do things the way we've always done them. I want to suggest, as we move into 2020, that the church in 10 years' time 
will look very different from the church of today because I believe that God is bringing into our church a wonderful uh, mix of nations and people and different backgrounds into the heart uh, of a life. And you know, I believe that's important because the church that is yet to come, we get some glimpses of that in the New Testament. And one glimpse you'll find in Revelation chapter 7, where the church or the redeemed people gather in the presence of God and with the angels. This is a future picture of the church of Jesus. And as I read it, I want you to be excited about what we belong to. Because sometimes we're in something relatively small. We are sidelined often in society. But when you hear a description of what the church of Jesus ultimately is, is going to be, as it's shown within heaven, it's a marvelous, wonderful, and great thing that we belong to. And we often talk here about raiding the future. In other words, if the church of the future is going to be great and diverse and includes all who love the Lord, we want to take hold of that principle now and bring it into the here and now. And we want to see uh, today uh, all the nations that God brings together to really feel a part of what we're doing uh, within a life. So let me read a few verses. Revelation 7 verse 9 says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength. Be to our God forever and forever. Amen. Here's a picture of a church that is filled with worship. And just want to share two or three very simple things about the church that is yet to come. The first thing is this, it's big. It's big. It says, after this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. I don't want you to think that the church is a backwater affair. The church of Jesus is a phenomenal thing. And it's, it's a, a wonderful, marvelous, big thing that we are involved in. And sometimes we get in, when we get into negative thinking and small thinking, remind yourself of the picture of the church around the throne with the angels, a multitude, the Bible says, that no one could number. So it's a big church. Secondly, it will be united in diversity. It will be united in diversity. It says, before me was a great multitude that no one could count, listen, from every nation, tribe, people, and language. That's the picture of the church that is to come, but we need to say that's the church that Jesus wants here on earth. He doesn't want us just to be in our own place, but he wants to demonstrate through all that the nations and the gifts of the nations can bring together in a life, I believe we want to make a welcome to every nation, every ethnic group, every language, and that will create certain pressures and certain 
cultural shifts, but if you are from another nation and you feel a call of God upon your life, in any area, whether it's you'd love to be in leadership or you'd love to work with youth or you'd love to lead a connect group, I just want you to understand from what I'm saying today, we do not as a leadership team want to put a ceiling on anyone here present. I believe that everyone from any background, any nation, any ethnic group can have a place here in a life and I, let me just test this out. If you're from another nation and you've got a call of God upon your life, I know we've all got a general call. You know, if we're saved and we've come to Christ, we know that there's been a call upon our lives. But for some people, there's something that you know, God has called me specifically into some kind of ministry or some kind of, I have a longing to serve God in some kind of ministry or leadership. If that's you, I wonder if you'd just put your hand up and say, I've got a call on my life, a special call. Well, great, put them up high, because there's quite a few, quite a few, a call upon your life. Let me just say this over all of you. There should never be a glass ceiling of any kind over the church. It doesn't mean that we're promising jobs, doesn't mean that we're promising ministry, but what I want to say to you that we believe in a multi-ethnic, inclusive church, and we'd love you to be a part of what we are seeing planted in a live church. And so some that have put their hands up today could find themselves leaders of groups, leaders even of locations, leaders of youth, all of those things we want, I want to say to you, press through into all that God has for you and pray for us as leaders for the wisdom to be able to discern who should do what and how we should do it and how you can sometimes cross these boundaries of language and understanding and I go to certain churches where uh, the, the message is um, interpreted into four or five languages at, at the same time and I'd love to give a few problems to our, our sort of backup and support people that someday in here we need languages, we need other, we need the ability to be able to communicate far wider than just to a normal white sort of congregation. And I hope you agree with that as a sentiment, that we want to see a multi-ethnic, inclusive, it's right at the beginning of the knowing section, we want to see a multi-ethnic, multi-generational, I'm not going to concentrate on that one, but we want all ages to be available. If you've counted yourself out because you're thinking, I'm too old, everybody's younger than me, please, please don't count yourselves out. There's stuff for all of us to do. We are the body of Christ. Every part of the body is meaningful. You are a unique person. It may well be someone who's had a passion historically to follow Christ, but you know, the fire's gone out. I want to stoke that up today and say, please, 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 don't leave this place half-hearted saying, you know, all the best is in the past. I've messed it up. I've, you know, I've sinned against God. I've messed up my life. You know, God will always give us a second chance. I have a sense this morning there may be people that are saying, you know, I used to be red hot, but now I'm a little bit cold. I've, I've messed up my life. Can I implore you before you leave this place, say, Lord, I want to commit my life afresh to you at the beginning of this year. My background is Methodist, and 
um, uh, as I was coming in, I was listening to Radio 4 and the service, and it was a Methodist service, and they were going through the covenant promises that the Methodist church make at the beginning of every year. They're pretty hard things, you know, it's uh, promising to follow the Lord in need and in plenty, you know, in suffering even. Uh, the reason being that there was an understanding in early Methodism of the sovereignty of God, that God is with us, for us. These three things that we prayed over, all of these things are true. And I believe that we need this year to make our lives count for God. You do know the clock is ticking over your life. You've only one life to live. I've only one life to live. I want the next few years to really count. I don't want to fizzle out. I don't want to rust out. I want to be as passionate ending the journey as beginning it. I hope that's in your hearts. Don't get into this sort of malaise thing and, you know, others will do it and does this really matter? The kingdom is advancing today and it needs some bit of violence to get it pushed forward. Bit of passion. And I believe that some of the nations that God has given us, I thank God for the passion that you're bringing in terms of prayer. I thank God for the faith passion that you're bringing. And we want to honor that. So uh, do we have an amen for multi-ethnicity? The second thing I'm going to just talk a little bit about, and then I'm going to ask Pastor Paul to come and share me on the stool here. And we're going to look at discipleship. Now, it's not a word that you hear too much of, is it, other than in the church. Most people would know that Jesus had disciples, but they might not have a clue what a disciple is. Basically, the word disciple, we don't use in our culture too much. We would tend to use the word apprentice or someone who's learning. But the disciples had three years with Jesus and they were learning the ropes. They're learning how to live. They're learning how to get on with one another. They're learning how to speak and communicate. They're learning how to handle their attitudes. Discipleship is a lifelong learning process. Just three very simple things about discipleship. The first thing, discipleship is lifelong learning. Never get to the point where you think, I know it all. In fact, I think the older you get, the more you have to unlearn some of the stuff of the past to learn the stuff that God is saying to us today. Never get hard-hearted with this. Let's move forward and keep on learning. About five years ago, I felt God challenged me to do more reading, more reading of authors that perhaps I've not read before. You know how when you tend to want to, to make a case in Christian thinking, you tend to get an author that you know will agree with you. I think it's important we get a wide range of thinking and reading. I've been so blessed by some of the voices and and some of the reading that I've been able to do over the last four or five years, some of the things I'm running with today, I thank God have been given as fresh things. And, and though I've believed in Jesus all my life, you do know that there's a freshness every day. New are his mercies every day. He gives us new and fresh things. So discipleship is lifelong learning. Discipleship, secondly, is shown by Christ-like character. If you want to know the best uh, kind of disciple. It is not to do with action and doing. It's more to do with living and being. It's to do with the character of Christ. To be a disciple means that we're being changed from one degree of glory to another or we're becoming more Christ-like. Sometimes in, as I try and evaluate my life, I think I wish I was further on in this than, than I am. 
I want to be more Christ-like. I find myself not always speaking in positive Christ-like ways or not always loving in Christ-like ways. I want to encourage us all to say, I'm committed to discipleship. And because I'm committed to discipleship, I'm committed to becoming more like you, Lord. And at the beginning of the year, this is the time when you can just reevaluate your life and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I have a number of Bibles, and it's interesting as I look back over my teenage years, often there'd be a little word from January the 1st with a new impetus. Lord, I want to serve you. I'm sorry for you know, past things, past issues. 2020, the beginning of this season, get right with God. Get your passion flowing uh, and be a, a disciple of Jesus. The third thing, discipleship is demonstrated through obedience, through saying yes to God. If you're like me, you've been challenged by God to certain things in certain ways and you've often evaluated and said, well, I'd rather do it this way. I don't think I want the cost of doing that. I believe that obedience is so important to the Christian walk, to be obeying God, obeying his word, being obedient in terms of lifestyle, commitment, all of the things that we will talk about, I'm sure, in our series, series as we go through the, the, the year ahead. But God bless you as we really push through into the vision, the seeing, the values of a life. The two I'm emphasizing, multi-ethnic discipleship. Now, Paul, come and join me because let's earth this in terms of the location here, if that's all right, uh, Paul. That's great. And, um, you know, this word disciple, um, you know, we don't use too much, do we, apart from in church circles. But I wonder if you could tell us what you really feel are important things with regard to journeys of discipleship here. Obviously, we've got a, um, an alpha course tomorrow, haven't we? Yep. And if there are people that want to discover the meaning of life and are looking into Christian things, tomorrow night can still book in, I guess, absolutely, yeah, straight can still book after in the meeting. Straight afterwards. Talk to us a bit about discipleship. Yeah, absolutely, or just, um, just come. And um, discipleship for us here is um, a central and key thing. I love the fact that we're making it a priority for um, 2020. And um, there's a few aspects to it, really. And I think what we want to get, the heart of what we're doing is, as Stuart said, this is a lifelong process. This isn't something that just happens occasionally. And it may be that for you, um, one of our courses is helpful. And so we have various courses that run like Alpha, great to explore um, the meaning of life, the meaning of Christianity, to talk around a table um, with some people, to eat some food together and to share some things. That might be where you're at. Or you know somebody, a friend or a family member that actually just needs that as a starting place of them connecting with God. Because what we want to do is invite people into relationship and a journey together. And so discipleship um, for us is all about relationship and connection together. So whether someone responds by putting their hand up to an appeal, a new person arrives, or we want to go deeper or further in our faith, it's about us journeying together. And I think um, society is trying to teach us um, that we're all individual, that individualism kind of pervades um, societal thinking, and this idea that actually I'm better off on my own. Whereas what the church of Jesus Christ is about is about community and connection and covenant relationships together. And so we want to walk together in relationships, whether that's through Alpha Course or through Freedom in Christ and through us journeying together. Freedom in Christ also starts um, this month as well and is a great course for us to get the foundations of the Christian faith and a sense actually that what we're 
journeying on is understanding this shifting of our mindset. And when we have a strong mindset that we're lifelong learners, that we're growing in our character and in our obedience, um, then we've got to grow in those things. And so freedom in Christ is wonderful. We've had um, over 80 people now in the three courses that we've run so far. And um, we want to see a whole load more people do that. We've had loads of women do that. So I want to encourage guys um, to step up and um, come and join that yeah, course. I think that'd be involved. great if some of you guys could get on to that. If you could sum, sum it up in a couple of sentences, you know, what would one expect to face and the outcome of a course like that be? Yeah, so Freedom in Christ really is about the, the biblical foundations of what it means to follow Jesus and to be a disciple. And then, uh, really, then how do we put that into practice? What do we do? What are we going to do with that? What are we going to do with our mindset? Where are the strongholds or things that we're believing that aren't true about ourselves, God, and the world? And how are we going to dismantle those strongholds, but also how are we going to use the world? Word of God to build our lives to follow after Jesus Christ which ultimately is what discipleship is. Yeah. And I love what you brought today, this sense that actually we have lifelong learning, where our mindset needs to be strong, and then we have some practices to grow our characters and to grow um, in obedience to Christ, because that's what discipleship ultimately is aimed at. We're going to be, become obedient to Jesus. Now, in order to do this, I think we need a good, strong mindset and a good sense that actually we understand what the world is about and a, and a Christian worldview, if you like. So I'd love to take a couple of minutes um, to take us through that. N.T. Wright talks about this, and he says that, in a way, if we could, um, Chris, if we put the first slide up, um, what he says, what we've done is we've told part of the story and we've placed ourselves in part of the story of Christianity. Now, this is really important to us because the story that we tell is where we place ourselves and then ultimately the way that we live and the things that we do come from that. But what we've done is we've told part of the story. It's a good part of the story, but it's a story that um, we've fallen away from God. We start in Genesis chapter 3. And we say we're broken, we're disconnected from God, and therefore we need a redeemer, Jesus Christ, to come and save us and to come and redeem us, which is what Jesus did, and it's wonderful. And so then we move from fall into redemption and into relationship with God. And sometimes if we just keep that as the picture, we're, we always feel not good enough, don't yes. we? And we feel yeah. a measure of being condemned, <laughs> yeah. and it's, I need to say sorry again. Yep. But there's a bigger picture, Absolutely, and so otherwise we just go through issues over and over again, and our lives become about what's wrong rather than about what God has done and is doing that is so good. And so N.T. Wright argues that we should have a bigger picture. And so Chris, if we have the next slide, um, that actually says that start, rather than starting in Genesis 3, we start in Genesis chapter 1, that God made you and me in his image. He made us in his image, and therefore he put something good inside of us, himself, and the image of God. So we're created with purpose, design, and intention. We then know that the fall has happened, taken place. We're all disconnected from God. We need redemption through Jesus Christ. But again, that's not the end of the story, because God then calls us into his bigger picture, into the renewal of all things, which means that our relationships, our work, uh, the way that we handle finance, the way that we view creation, all shifts and changes to one of joining God in renewing the world that he has created. Which leads us to something that I think a lot of people misunderstand. They think church is this, which of course it is, the gathering together is very important, but yep. church is not just this, is it? It's a daily outworking yes. of yep. who we are and following Jesus, but it's uh, it's in terms of relationship, of mm. course, there are other structures within the church, and the big factor, I think, is being in a group of people Absolutely. that can, yeah. you can be accountable to. Definitely. Let's challenge people with regard to connecting. Absolutely. Groups. I think because what this leads to, when we have that mindset, if we're going to grow in our character and obedience, we need some practices um, to hang our life upon. Sunday services become an important one where a weekly habit is formed in our lives 
of connection and worship with God. Our next one is connect groups. Connect groups form our central um, point where we get to build relationships in community and covenant relationships with one another to grow in our faith and to go further. And so when we understand that actually we're joining God in the renewal of all things, when we share that together and share our lives together, connect groups form that central place for us to be discipled, grow in our faith and receive pastoral care. And so if you're not in a connect group, this is a great opportunity to join one. Great. Let's thank Paul for sharing that. But before we conclude the the morning, I want us to dig down into the detail because, you know, vision, it's great to cast vision and to share and we can all say, yes, we agree. We've mentioned two of those things from the knowing part. But um, we want to share with you now some very exciting shifts and changes that are taking place. Remember, the vision is not being changed, but we're making some shifts and changes. And one thing that we are aiming to do this year uh, in September is plant a brand new location. Getting uh, feedback from Gainsborough. Gainsborough's going great. They've had a number of people come to faith. They've baptized people. It's going really, really well. We want to keep this process of planting moving forward, but we have decided as a leadership team that we want to plant a third location in the city of Lincoln. So we're going to plant into the north of uh, Lincoln from September. We're going to show you uh, where we're at on that and then Howard's going to come and give us some details of one one or two things that will change in order that we can do that. You're going to see two good-looking, passionate men just share the vision of the North, New North uh, location. Just watch the screen. Since becoming a multi-site church in 2014, we have proudly stated that we see Alive as a strategic multi-site church made up of thousands, expressing itself in numerous locations, seeing many people come to faith, and equipping people who are passionate followers of Jesus Christ. We then proudly go on to say that we see a planting church who actively raise leaders and send teams to plant new locations. We see the power of our church readily working in partnership with other churches and ministries for the advancement of God's kingdom with a heart for the re-evangelization of the UK, believing we have a significant contribution to make. At the beginning of 2020, we acknowledge there is more to be done. As we recognize the number of successes we've had and our opportunities for learning, our vision and focus is stronger than ever. We are certain for what God has called us to. We are a community that believes that as we grow, we must go to advance the kingdom. On the journey of Alive Church, we've received a number of prophetic words that have spoken into our church strategy. From words about multiple location, as well as hearing that God will teach us to take the heart of cities. With all of this in mind, we believe the time is right for us to plant a new location of Alive Church. We love how Alive Church is growing. We are humbled by the team we have around us and we are ready to follow the call of God for the heart of this city. We are so excited to announce that Alive Church are launching a brand new location in the north of Lincoln. We're in current talks with Bishop Grotesque University and we are aiming for a September 2020 launch. 
I find it really interesting that for Irene and I, our first call into church planting was a call into the north of the city. And I'm stood in front of Newport Hall, which was a home to us for a number of years. So it's brilliant that we're going back into the north of the city that we love. The heart of everything we do in planting is to see people come to faith in Jesus Christ and therefore we'll be running a number of invitational events in the north of the city over the summer months. We've already been in contact with church leaders in the area and we're really looking forward to working in partnership with other churches for the advancement of God's kingdom. In February, we will be gathering people together for an information night for those who want to hear more about Alive's heart for the transformation of the north of Lincoln. The location will be named Alive Lincoln North, with the other two Lincoln locations becoming Alive Lincoln Central and Alive Lincoln South. We already have team prepared, led by myself. Until the appointment of our future location pastors, me and Joe will still remain passionate as ever as location pastors of Alive Lincoln South. This really is an exciting, monumental time for Alive Church. This year, we will see the start of Alive Lincoln North. Great stuff. Well, good morning, everybody. We're into an exciting season in the life of the church and particularly in the life of this city. And we're working in partnership with many churches across the city in what we believe for this decade will be a great move of God amongst a united church to see great things happen in Lincoln in 2020 to 2030 over the next 10 years. And we want to take our part in that. We want to play our part. And we believe by planting, we can do more things together. So in September this year, as you've just seen on the screen, we're going to plant a brand new location of Alive into the north part of our city. It'll be based um, around its services, and we think at the moment at BG University, Bishop Grosseteste University. And it will run a Sunday morning service at 10.30 in the morning. And it will also run connect groups and all the other operations of our locations. And it will become the third location of Alive in the city of Lincoln. Now, in order to make that happen, we're currently talking with a body of people that we will call the Location Forum. The location will be led in its first year by a Location Forum. That's a team of people who oversee the operation of the location. And that Location Forum will be led by Dan Hargreaves, as we was announced there on the video. Dan will still be the location pastor of our location in Highcombe, but he will also lead the team who will lead the location in Lincoln North. And all of that is going to take place in September this year. Now, in the run-up to that, we're going to do a couple of things. The first is we're going to um, solidify and cement the team. So we're going to do that over the next couple of weeks. We're beginning conversations, and we've already had a few people sign up to that team. And then once the team is established, we're going to run an information evening for those who are interested and those we're looking to send as part of a planting team to that location. The planting team itself is going to be made up of the location forum and 50 people. So 50 people in total. And those 50 will be generated from our location here, Lincoln, and also from Highcombe. We're going to share the load of planting that location across the two locations in the city already. So 25 people from Lincoln and 25 people from Highcombe will become the planting team for that location. 
So in the run-up to September, we'll start running things like alpha and social events up and around the particular um, area that we're looking to plant into. But the next set of steps for us will be to solidify the team and then put on an information evening towards the end of February. More information about that will come your way over the next couple of weeks. Now, in order to create the space to be able to do that, we're going to make some changes here at Lincoln, and we're going to make a couple of changes across the city as well. The first change, and it was on the, the video there, is to say that we're going to change the names of our locations in the city from September. So, Highcombe will be called Lincoln South. Lincoln will be called Lincoln Central, and Lincoln North will be Lincoln North as we plant that. Everything's still under the name Alive, so Alive Lincoln North, Alive Lincoln Central, and Alive Lincoln South. We're going to do that because it allows us to think more about the city together. It allows us to think more about one church. It allows us to bring some consistency to who we are uh, in terms of our name across this city. So wherever you look at us, we are Alive Lincoln in this city. So that's going to take place in uh, September. The other thing that we're going to do is we're going to try and align our services in the morning so that all three locations are meeting at the same time. In order to do that, Lincoln's locations service is going to change in the morning from September. So instead of 9.30 and 11.30 services in September, we're going to do a 10.30 morning service, in, and also our 6.30 service, that's um, staying, we're keeping that one, but a 10.30 morning service, which will be our full location gathered service, we'll run children's work and youth work in that service. So instead of our 9.30 and 11.30 services in, in September, we'll be having a 10.30 service. One of the issues with just doing one service in the morning, though, is if we combined our 11.30 and our 9.30 service right now, we'd be bursting at the seams. We'd be overflowing, certainly in kids and youth work. So we want to put on another additional opportunity for worship, but we're going to do a slightly different style of service. So also in September, we're going to launch a brand new service as part of this location. We're going to run an hour-long service each and every week, beginning at 9 a.m., so every Sunday at 9 a.m., and we're going to run it in the Brayford Suite, which is the room uh, up the stairs to your right-hand side here. And we're going to run it there, and it's going to be what we call a chapel service. So it's going to be slightly different in its service structure. It'll have acoustic worship. It'll have communion in it each and every week. It'll have the same preached message as we have in all of our other services. So there's a consistency of the preached word across the course of the day. But it'll be a slightly different feel of service. It'll still very much be part of this location and part of Alive. But it will feature communion at the centre of it. And it will be a slightly quieter, more reflective style of service. We'll have liturgy involved in that and the sacrament of communion, as I've said, will be center to that particular service. And again, that will launch in September and that will be an hour-long service each and every Sunday in the Brayford Suite called Chapel and that will begin at 9 till 10. So, from September, here at Alive Lincoln, the few changes to be aware of. One is we will be planting out from here and planting out from Highcombe a body of people to form the location in the north of this city that will be called Lincoln North.
We will also in September be changing the service times here at Alive Lincoln to 10.30 morning service, which will be a full church gathering service. We're retaining our 6.30 service as well. We're keeping that one. And we're adding in a communion service from 9 till 10 each and every week. Just to say, we'll also have communion, just like we normally do, once a month in our full church gathered service as well. So we're not going to lose that particular um, uh, sacrament in our full gathered church either. So those are the changes. And those things will all take place in September. We'll give you lots more information as we move towards it. We'll introduce you to the team and we'll let you know about the schedule for Lincoln North and how that's out working. But we're really excited about what God's going to do in us and through us over the course of the next nine months. And then, of course, as that location is launched in the future years as well. Now, I'm sure many of you have lots of questions. Feel free to talk to Paul and Joy. Talk to any of us, uh, the staff team here, the leadership team, about some of the things a lot of it we're still working through and a lot of it is still in conversation with people but we'll do our very best to answer any questions you have but the, again headlines new location and then service time changes from September and also a name change for this location by adding the word central to the end of the location name and all of that again will take place in September so don't worry we're still 9.30, 11.30 next week okay 10.30 from September thank you Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, final thing, final thing. Um, in order to do the chapel service upstairs, um, the current Brayford suite isn't in a great state for that. So we announced at last year's Rise and Build that we would put some energy and finance into reshaping the Brayford and redoing it. So a couple of things. First to say is before this year's Rise and Build, which will be at the beginning of March, the kitchen will be completely refurbished. We're going to take out that kitchen and put a brand new kitchen in there. And then after March, between March and September, the rest of the room will be redone in order that we can hold services in there and the multiple things that we do in there each and every week with a much better facility. Thank you so much. Paul. Thank you, Howard. Absolutely fantastic. Well, we've heard um, a whole lot of vision and big picture stuff. I just want to invite you to close your eyes now because I want us to have a couple of moments where we can respond, but also just invite the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us because we've seen some of the big picture. We've talked some of the sense of clarity definition, vision stuff that's there. But there's also a response for each and every one of us. And so Holy Spirit, I ask in this moment that you'd come and you'd speak to us. Are there areas of our lives that we need to recommit to you? Are there things we need to give over to you? Are there patterns or practices that we need to change? Holy Spirit, I pray you'd speak to us at the start of this year, that we'd have our life, our relationships, our work, our finances in line with you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to give us another way just to respond, and um, a prayer is going to come up on the screen, and it may be that you're here today and you've been a Christian for many years, and maybe you just want to recommit your life to God. It may be that you've never committed your life to Jesus, and I want to invite you, as we pray this prayer, to use this as an opportunity for both of those things. So we're going to read this prayer out loud, then I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes, and in that moment, if you want to recommit your life to God, or if you want to have a sense of um, committing your life for the first time, as everyone's got their eyes closed, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand so that you can respond to Jesus. So let's read this prayer out loud together. 
Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever loved you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that I can get connected to you now because you are alive today. I admit that I've lived my life without you and I've messed up. I ask for your total forgiveness and I commit myself to you. Help me to submit my life to your teaching and direction from now on. I receive you into my life and ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. If you close your eyes for one moment. If you're here today and you want to recommit your life to Jesus, or if you want to commit your life to Jesus for the first time, as everyone's got their eyes closed now, so I want to invite you to raise your hand. Say yes to Jesus. Commit your life to him. Wonderful. Amen. Well, thank you for being with us today. Um, there's lots going on um, this week ahead with Revive Prayer, 72 hours of prayer, and our meeting on Thursday night. If you'd like someone to pray with you, please do come forward to the front. Our prayer ministry team would love to stand with you and to pray um, for you um, at this time. If you'd like to do that, you can come straight after the service. Um, sign up to a connect group, get involved in a team. Let's start the year really, really well. God bless.